Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Freestyle Way podcast. Today, I am joined by Rodolfo Farfan. He is the founder of Lycan Fitness and currently co-owner. And this is somebody who I've known for over a decade through the CrossFit community. And Lycan Fitness is a fitness uh, equipment company that have now... Uh, broken into the U.S. market, and I'm very excited about it because I have really enjoyed watching the inception of the company and watching how they have been building ever since. So it's cool that now uh, the U.S. will get access to everything that they are working on. And if you're interested, before we dive into the episode, uh, Rodo, Rodolfo, uh, has been kind enough to give us all uh, a code that we can use at checkout on the Lycan Fitness website, which is lycanfitness.com, where you'll get 15% off anything that you purchase. So use code FREESTYLE15, and um, that will give you a little bit more access to what they have to offer. So check them out, and I hope you enjoy the episode with Rodolfo Farfan, from Lycan Fitness. This is the Freestyle Way. We are live and back on the podcast with Rodo, Rodolfo Farfan. Welcome. Thank you very much, Carl. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited of being here in your podcast. Yeah, I'm excited too. And what's cool about it is that you are now officially the the second person that I've I've done two podcasts with, one in Spanish, one in English. This, of course, is the English version. And it's, it's kind of like, a, a, yeah, it's a cool experiment to see which one which one lands better or different. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I can I can be fooled at both. Of course, Spanish is my the, my mother mother language, so I'm way better. But I'll do my best now. <laughs> you 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 you've always spoken. Uh, English really well. I remember when we met in in Guayaquil that uh, you were probably the only one that actually spoke English. Yeah, yeah, it's highly possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think uh, thanks to CrossFit, um, a lot of people started picking up English at a at a higher level. Um, and I don't know, uh, if that's true or not, but it felt like those who were in the CrossFit community were definitely uh, yeah, closer to speaking English or to the um, U.S. culture. Yeah, I think that at least uh, the main terminology of CrossFit yeah, is well understood over there. Like, you know, a lot of people didn't know at the beginning what was a clean or a burpee, even a burpee. I don't know if a burpee is actually a word, <laughs> but... But you know, uh, but they are they are uh, they are now very familiar with that. Yes, but uh, yeah, there is a lot of people in Ecuador that speaks English because you know we're a small country and we're very related to the U.S. in some way. But uh, de uh, definitely, most of them don't speak English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and Ecuador, you uh, sorry, yeah, in Ecuador, yeah, you use the uh, U.S. dollar, correct, as a as a currency. Uh, yes, since 1999, U.S. dollar is our currency. Yeah, we mm -hmm. we switched uh, from sucre, which was our local currency, to U.S. dollar. Yeah, I actually uh, I haven't shared this on the podcast, and I think you do know, but I I lived in Quito for a year with my family, 
You told me that, but you told me that it was when you were like, I don't know, two years old, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I was I was maybe uh, three. I probably turned four in Quito and then uh, came back to the U.S. and then from there moved to Spain. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you've been in different places. Anyways, uh, Rodo, we're here to talk about uh, you and Lycan uh, Fitness. Um Yeah, which uh, I'm excited to share with people uh, that now uh, you're not only available in Latin America, but also in the U.S. And uh, I just wanted to know a little bit of the story of the inception of Lycan Fitness and what you do and why. Oof. I'm, uh, I think that I, I will uh, answer you this, all, all these questions. I mean, why and when and how? <laughs> because everything is in one uh, can be uh, condensed in one uh, in one answer. Uh, Lycan was created as a conjunction conjunction. Yeah, that's the, the right word. Yeah, Con conjunction. Yeah, of of a few things that that were happening in a moment in my life. Right. Uh, The first thing is my professional background, right? I have another business, and this business is related to import-export, and it's specialized uh, in, in international trade with Asia, right? So uh, I, I know I, I've been working with factories, with production, with uh, I mean, with manufacturing, with uh, raw materials, with production, with all that since I am probably 2020, yeah. And in one of these trips that I was doing to, to a trade show in China, I was uh, going around this trade show and suddenly there was this area that was all dedicated to fitness. And I was like, wow, okay, so th there are also factories of these things here. Well. That's uh, one of the elements of all this conjunction, right? At the same time, by then, I had been trapped by CrossFit. I started doing CrossFit in 2009, and I loved it since, since the beginning, right? So, so I was really interested in going to this booth and check everything, ask questions and all that. I remember that by then, It was a little funny because the person that was in charge of this booth, right, was an Italian guy. I mean, it was a tall guy, big guy, I mean, taller than me, and six, uh, six three. So he was probably six five, I don't know, and a very strong, really big guy. And he was there. His name was Massimo. I remember all that because you know that's how everything started. So. I started talking to him and, and I was like, oh, so you also do things for CrossFit? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we we have been uh, supplying stuff for some CrossFit in Europe and all that and this. And I was so, oh, that's amazing. And that was that was 2011, two years after I started uh, practicing CrossFit. So I came back home with that idea in my head because, okay, I know how to work with factories. I know how to do all the all the quality control, um, uh, monitoring the process and all that. I know how to uh, how the Chinese culture works in the business world and all that. So I was like this in my head. At the same time, right, 
it happened that in Ecuador, it was really hard to find good equipment for CrossFit. Either the CrossFit gyms purchased from the US, which was very expensive, or either they uh, buy locally fitness products that were not built for CrossFit. You know, CrossFit is a method that is quite aggressive, right, with the equipment. So most of the equipment that was uh, being sold by then in Ecuador was uh, just for regular use, you know, like, and, and it was not even suitable. Like, you know, the plates were uh, steel plates. The metals were only rubber metals, you know, the small ones. Uh, kettlebells were, was, were, were really funny. They were, I, <laughs> the shape, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was a funny shape for the kettlebells. I mean, everything was done for home use or for uh, normal gym, uh, common gym or traditional gym use, right? So, uh, of course, when people purchase this uh, locally, what happened is that it get damaged very easily. So, there was an opportunity. So, from one side, my background, what the business that I was doing, and on the other side, the opportunity, right? And then, there, there, uh, there are two more things that happened by then. When I was first checking this, I thought that, okay, maybe we can distribute from some, from any of the USA brands in Ecuador, import it because I had experience doing that and sell it and that's it. So I remember that by then I contacted the biggest brand, the, a huge brand in CrossFit. I sent them an email, but they asked me that they were not interest, interested. So, okay, I was like, okay, there, that's it. I, I, I thought, okay, maybe the person that replies um, is a, you know, it's like a meat officer, not like a top management officer or something like that. So I started looking for the owner. Who's the owner of this company? And I found his information. I sent in a message through Facebook by then, uh, a direct message, uh, but he never answered. I don't know. That, that, that message is probably still in the... Uh, in the inbox, yeah. Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, I, I never got this answer. And then, by then, because my other business is related to hardware tools and plumbing tools and like with cultural tools and all this kind, I had registered this brand, Lycan, for, to develop a line of agricultural portable equipment. It's, it's something that is totally different. Yeah, that's, the, that's some, of, some of the funny things about it, right? But I had registered with Lycan because, just because I liked it after watching the movie On the World. Right? Lycan, I think that it, it sounds like a powerful brand. So I, I get it for my development of this line. And I was like, okay, I want to import and I want to distribute it. I want to sell good quality equipment in Ecuador. And this big brand is not paying attention to me. So I'll do it by myself. And I was like, what brand can I use? And then I, I remembered Lycan. I had this brand registered already. So I took Lycan and I thought that, yeah, it, it, Lycan is even more suitable for fitness equipment than for agricultural 
portable equipment, right? So that's how everything started. And then I contact, uh, I remember that I contact uh, this company where I found this Italian guy, Massimo, and, uh, and did our first import, which was very, very small, actually. Uh, it was less than a container because I just wanted to test first. And I, I booked it. I booked the order. And after, and after that, I started contact, uh, contacting uh, a few potential customers there, friends, mostly friends. This is uh, now is in, in Ecuador. So uh, I'm, assuming it's, Ecuador. It's, I'm assuming it's Carlos Andrade, CrossFit Guayaquil, and it's uh, maybe yeah, Carlos, uh, Calpa, and, 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 and a couple other people and, and a few other people that I knew by then because the CrossFit community was so, so small. Yeah, and you know, Carlos is kind of the genesis of the CrossFit in Ecuador and probably in Latin America too. And and almost every CrossFit team that uh, was being created then came from uh, Carlos, right? I mean, were there students or the people that was training with him that was really impacted by this new method and they, they were like, oh, I want to do this too. Right, so I, I was in, uh, I was able to touch almost all these people, and uh, when when we did this first import, the first the first lot that I was bringing to Ecuador was finished way before it arrived. <laughs> so that's uh, that's how everything started. Then, of course, we uh, we keep doing the business. I had the opportunity to. Uh, to find a good partner in Mexico, Daniel, that would probably see this uh, podcast, Daniel Monraz. Uh, we started in 2016 our operation in Mexico, and together with Daniel, after that, we opened our branch in Colombia in 2018, and then we opened the U.S. in 2020. 2021, sorry, 2020. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's uh, the long story short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when you when you first uh, sent in your or, or or shipped in the first order, uh, and it was basically all uh, accounted for in terms of people had already bought the equipment. Did you know then that this is something that you you were going to pursue, or was it still like a one off? Like, oh, I just did it once. Maybe I'll do it again. Uh, was it clear to you then? At the very beginning, it was a side business. To be honest, and I have to be very proud of this, I didn't know, I didn't expect the dimension that it, this could bring to my life. Yeah. And I I was thinking about keeping, I mean, continuing the business. Yeah, because uh, I, I have never liked those businesses that are like a one-shot deal or things like that. I, I, I love to build things, right? So I, I love to build business. Thing to say, and, and uh, but yes, I, I, I it was a, a very small side business that you know by then occupied five percent of my time probably. So it was fun. It's still fun, but it, but by then it was more like okay, fun. That's fun, and I'm working with these things of uh, profit. That is the these profit things that uh, I like very much, and yeah, it was like that. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. And if we fast forward to now you having a partner, maybe moving your headquarters to, to Mexico, which you did for a little bit, I believe. 
I'm not mistaken. Um, at that point in time, what had shifted for you? So I'm, I'm curious about uh, kind of your experience within the growth of it. Uh, what were you thinking about then? Do you remember uh, what was your philosophy like? Was it just let's build, build, build? Or were, was there um, a bigger message there for you? Was there a bigger challenge for you that you were seeking to uh, explore? It's a still a big, a bigger challenge, car. Uh, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you know, from the perspective of a brand equipment, of a brand of fitness equipment, right? Of course, profit is important. You know, we, we have to sustain the business, right? But the major goal of Rikan is not only building uh, a business per se, but building a global community of people that is somehow united by uh, fitness, right? I mean, uh, and attracting as much, as more people as possible, as, right? Uh, to, to the fitness lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and fitness is not only uh, lifting weights and all that. It's like uh, having a good nutrition, good rest. I mean, having good habits, right? That's like the major goal. There is an, also another perspective that, that is more, uh, how to say that, that in Latin America, we can have uh, a more sense, more sense of it, right? That is supporting athletes, right? In sports like CrossFit, for instance, or, or Olympic weightlifting, that usually don't have a lot of support from government or uh, private uh, business, right? The U.S. is a little different, right? Because in the, in the U.S. there is a there is there is market almost for everything, right? So, so yeah, athletes doing, I don't know, pickleball, maybe that is pretty new, right? They can have support, you know, from private institutions or even from, from the government in some moment, right? But in Ecuador, in Mexico, in Colombia, in all these uh, Latin countries, you know, they, of course, there is a lot of support for soccer, right? Which is like uh, everything. But the, but uh, for other disciplines, uh, for other uh, sports, it's very tough, very tough for the athletes. So we've been supporting these athletes all the time, and that is for us, right, a big component component of this uh, vision of the of the business, like Sabrat. And and I understand that when you're trying to get a business off of the ground. Uh, and profits are important because viability of the business is key. Uh, if there's no cash flow, of course, uh, you, you just can't do anything. Uh, that it, it can be very hard to find uh, cash to allocate for these athletes. And I assume that the way that you started supporting athletes was by sending them equipment. Is, is that correct? Yes, mostly uh, by that, uh, in that way, yes. Most of our athletes uh, have equipment, which w was a very important component of their training also. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, equipment is usually very expensive, and to, be, to have access to good equipment uh, sponsored by a company like, like Lycan is, uh, is very uh, powerful. 
And I, I just wanted to kind of bring this up because I know that people who are listening, uh, some of them at least, are athletes. And uh, a lot of them come to me and they ask me, how do I get sponsored? And, and my answer is always, just do a really good job at what you do. And that's how you get sponsored. But uh, I'm wondering, do you have a better answer uh, than that? Why, why? How do you choose the person that you want to sponsor or support? There are different ways. Uh, let, let, and I'm going to give you an exa- a, a couple of examples. Like, for example, in Eckler, we have uh, this athlete that is a weightlifter, way right? And he lives in, uh, in very poor conditions in the jungle, in, in the Ecuadorian jungle, right? In that area. And the conditions are not the best for him. However, this guy is Pan American champion. He was also Duke uh, world champion in his category. And he's participating in all these international events. And, uh, and he's trying very hard to be the best in spite of the conditions of the environment that uh, he lives, you know, his everyday life. Right. So when someone told us about this guy, I was like, damn, I, I want to I wanna support him. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, the retribution that the brand will have for that maybe is not very big. I mean, right, because, you know, this guy handles his social media very quietly, right? But, uh, you know, he's putting everything on this on 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 the sport and doing his best right so that's a that's one example of what we do on the other side we also have these athletes that compete very regularly in crossfit competitions or in other kind of competitions that have a very nice social media and they help us you know to reach more people through their social media and most of them are also a reference of his of their sport, right? Uh, his or her, their sport, and and that's another way in which we 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 look for a, a mutual benefit, right? It's kind of a symbiosis. Um, question: Who is this person who trains in the jungles? What's what's his name? Uh, Nixon, Nixon Arroyo. So I think one of the things that's that's interesting is uh, uh, people who have cool stories and people who have cool stories. And even though um, they may not be able to create this insane conversion to selling more equipment, which makes uh, a business profitable, um, they are extremely important to, I think, to to nurture and highlight because they are usually the people who carry the values and principles of that which a company maybe aligns with or believes in. And I'm wondering when when you when you hear about this this guy training in the jungle and and being uh, doing pretty well as an Olympic weightlifter, uh, what are the what are the um, the characteristics or character traits of this person that? Um, you feel like, yes, this is what we uh, believe in and embody as, as a company. Well, okay. Uh, by, by the way, his name is not Nixon. Sorry, it's Dixon. Dixon Arroyo. Dixon Arroyo. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah, Dixon Arroyo. 
and and he's on his way to the Olympics, by the way, right? Wow. Yeah. So, okay, a couple of things that I like uh, that we like, I like my personal. One is his humility. He's very humble, right? And then is the will that he has in order to reach the goal, right? Which is going to the Olympics and probably bring a medal from the Olympics. And I, I believe that he's going to do that. And I think that uh, th those two things are, an, are part of the essence of Liker. Being humble and being committed to the goal at the same time. Mm -hmm. That is that is a big one. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, in the U.S. now that you've entered the the U.S. market, it's interesting because uh, I feel like uh, although pe people uh, encourage humility, I don't think the U.S. culture is synonymous with humility. Here, it's we are the best, <laughs> we are amazing, we're killing it, we're gonna crush you. Uh, yeah, humility is not not a thing. And I'm. This is not. Now we're philosophizing. Okay, let's let's just allow ourselves to philosophize for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. I I have a theory, but I want to hear how you feel. How does humility win? Ugh, by working quietly and uh, sur surprising with the results. I think that's the way how uh, humble people uh, win at the end of the game. I love that. I love that. You know, um, uh, I am outspoken in many ways. I'm always putting myself out on social media in in different ways, and I, I've I haven't known any different since I started my professional career as a coach. So for me, uh, being vocal has been part of what I what I do, and of course, being in the United States and uh, being somebody who's highly competitive, although people don't see me as very competitive. I'm very competitive and I always want to win and be the best or whatever. It's just recently, I'm 41 now, just recently uh, have I, <laughs> this, this, uh, I, I almost feel silly saying it, but I, I have just recently felt like, um, Carl, if you don't have anything to say, shut up. Just put your head down, do the work and prove yourself when it's time. Until then, just be quiet. And that requires a, a, a lot of humility, and, but it's also very scary because it goes, it's in the opposite direction of what I've seen as like bigger, better, faster, stronger. Um, and and in a way I see uh, Lycan Fitness uh, as that, it's like, we're not going to say anything. We're just going to demonstrate. We're just going to demonstrate what we're capable of. And my hope, now this is not only secret, like ego coming in saying, uh, I hope to see um, Lycan competing with the Giants like Rogue. And I think you, I think you can um, in one way or another. And it's not always in, in market share. It's maybe competitive in other areas. And that's maybe the surprise. Uh, anyways, that's just my philosophy and, and thought process that I'm going through. And I'm, I'm just curious about how, how, how does Lycan Fitness win, especially um, yeah, entering the U.S. market? 
Yeah, I mean, right now we're definitely. I I don't even. I can I can't even say that we're the underdog now. We're not even the underdog at this moment at this point, right? Because you know we we are in this little piece of the U.S. starting, right? Knowing uh, how to move in this market, learning. Right, and the learning curve here in the U.S. Uh, has been quite challenging and slower than I thought at the beginning. Right, uh, so I really appreciate uh, your words. And let's see, let's see what happened. I mean, uh, what what we're trying to do is that we're trying to do our best. Right, uh -huh. uh, the U.S. market uh, has served Lycan, right? To become better actually because uh, here the standards are higher the bar is higher so uh, that's a very cool thing uh, for us because you know in latin america the requirements are not as high as uh, in the us in general terms for everything right but now this experience is is uh, uh, making us become better and of course, uh, will this will be reflected everywhere? I mean, because if we change things in one barbell or in one rack or what, that's gonna be for every every uh, branch. I mean, for you know, for the global operation in general, global, you know, for, but for the multi-country operation, right? Uh, so, the, so that's something that uh, that it's it's gonna take time. Right until we are in the best uh, situation, right, to compete, uh, you know, with 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 all the big ones. Right now, we're learning. We are, in, and I like. I am. I am liking this process, right. But uh, keeping humble has been like uh, part of how how we've been growing, you know. We uh, and there is also. Uh, a lot of other brands emerging in Latin America that uh, some of them are doing good, some of them are doing just normal, some of them are doing not that good, right? But, you know, we, we just want to keep uh, uh, this continuous improvement, right? And try to to reach the highest standards uh, step by step. Right? At, the, at the very beginning, actually, I did know a few things, a few technical things because of my uh, business background, right? But I didn't know anything about the fitness world, right? The, what kind of barbell is the better? What kind of bumpers? How the bumper plays uh, 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 must be built? And, and even less about the machines, like endurance machines, mm -hmm. treadmill, rower, uh, air bikes, bikes, spin bikes, etc. Right, and after, of course, after 10 years of this, I I have learned a little bit <laughs> about that, right? And the good thing is that we are applying everything that we learn uh, in the process, right? Because uh, as, as I mentioned uh, before, what we want is this message to become bigger and bigger. I'm all, I, I always feel myself as part of this bigger thing uh, that is lichen. I'm just a small part of it, right? So, yeah. Uh, what are the areas that have um, been challenged once you came into the U.S. market that you've improved on? 
you mean the most challenging areas in the yeah, US? Yeah, so when you came into the US, um, you had to up your standards in certain areas of the business. <laughs> yeah, what, what areas of the business have you had to uh, upgrade, so to speak? Mm, a lot of things. <laughs> but you know, like from the product perspective, for instance, we have, we, we had to improve uh, our products a lot, right? To, 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 to make them even more resistant to the high impact. Right, and the, and the different weathers here, uh, we had to improve the packing, right? Something as uh, simple and as and basic as the packing, we had to improve the packing uh, because the the move the shippings the here, they go through very long distances and uh, they really need to be more resistant. Then also the older manuals. You know, like the the manuals of each of the products. What happened in, in Latin America is that you can find easily some someone to assemble or or to repair, you know, anything. So and it's very cheap over there. Here things change uh, uh, with regard to that, right? Okay. So we have to do uh, better manuals that allow people to build and assemble any of uh, of the equipments that we sell that are not assembled right. so, yeah so that's something that we had to improve then <laughs> optimize cost for instance is more uh, critical here in the u.s so there is there is a lot of things that we, <laughs> yeah that, that uh, we've been learning the, during this period yeah so you have you have a lot on your hands well, I've received some equipment, and the quality is amazing, and I'm I'm super excited to to use it. In fact, I was uh, out there doing the uh, handstand push-ups with my grandson on the parallettes, and uh, yeah, rock solid. It says it says that there's a there's a warning that says uh, maximum 200 uh, kg, but my sense is that it can take uh, yeah at least 400. It, it they're solid. Uh, I I wouldn't suggest that you go 400, but uh, and I don't think anybody's going to do a handstand at 400, but, uh, it's cool to see how robust the equipment is. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for people to try it. Um, question about, uh, when you, you're working on production specifically, uh, you, you produce, uh, in, in China and in a, in a couple other countries, what, what other countries are you doing production in? Yeah, we produce most, um, uh, of, uh, our products in China. Uh, and Taiwan, right? Uh -huh. uh, yeah. And right now there is a shift. Uh, we used to produce a lot of things in Taiwan, but even the Taiwanese companies has moved production to China. So we have moved with moved uh, with that, right? Uh -huh. But like all our uh, uh, endurance machines, for instance, they are uh, they are made by Taiwanese companies. Some of, some of it is uh, some parts are made in Taiwan. Some parts. Are made in China. You know, now it's the, uh, the logistics of it uh, had have changed a little bit, and then we produced just a few things in Mexico too. Uh, I'm curious, how does one guarantee or do the best to guarantee quality control when working with a company that is so far away or with a production uh, factory that's so far away, like in in China? How do you guarantee quality that way? 
Yeah, we uh, right now for Lycan, uh, we have uh, an arrangement with a third-party quality control company. So we, uh, I, I travel very often to China, and some of the people from our team uh, does it too. And but for the day-to-day productions, we have uh, quality control, uh, a quality control company over there that is uh, supervising the production. And uh, we also qualify personally all the factories. I mean, we don't work with any workshop, right, that uh, has not been uh, firstly assessed by any of, uh, of the Lycan team, by, by any person of Lycan team, right? So basically, that's what we do. Uh, we've been successful on that. Uh, we guarantee all of our products, like our barbells, for instance, they are lifetime war- uh, warranty against bending, right? And uh, and they're really good, actually. Uh, our machines are normally guaranteed for five years, uh, just as any other U.S. company with their machine. And to be honest, I believe that there is not one company involved in the... Uh, selling of fitness equipment, I mean, especially those that are very general, right? That is manufacturing a hundred percent in 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 the U.S. I think that they they'll probably be making ten or twenty percent here, but eighty percent is coming from China too. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I've seen productions of you know, it's a. I shouldn't be saying this, but I've seen production of other brands in some of the factories we work. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 not uncommon. And I think this is something that uh, people use as a selling point sometimes. Uh, made in the USA or made in whatever. Uh, there's there's a lot of pride in in that, of course. Uh, but the the truth is, when you look behind the scenes, is that it's a mixed match of things, and it's almost inevitable. But I think ultimately, what people want and desire is to get the most out of what they've invested in. So. If they're paying for equipment, they want something that's going to be good and last a long time. Definitely. And if, uh, yeah, if you're buying, uh, let's say, um, uh, a rower from you and you know that you have a five-year warranty and uh, let's say the average price is $1,000, that's uh, that that um, goes into uh, being a, 100 bucks per year, which is, is actually not that much for uh, when you just break it down in, over time. Uh, and... I think you get a lot for for your buck uh, when you when you have um, yeah high quality products. So yeah, I think it's just important to uh, talk about because uh, I think that's what ultimately people want. Yeah, and the, the thing is that there are many things that uh, cannot be easily produced here because we, we don't have the proximity to the raw materials, for instance, or you know there is also a lot of uh, companies that they outsource something and it's not easy to find the suppliers of uh, this or that product you know and given the variety of products that there are in the fitness world it's impossible to have a a company that have a wide variety of products purchasing a hand or or purchasing or making them a hundred percent in the usa Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's that's a that's very challenging yes 
would you say that coming into and now we're getting really technical, but I'm I'm curious about these things because when when thinking about the growth of a company, is, is it uh, if you can break through into a market like the U.S., is it easier to scale the business from here than it would be to scale it from a country um, in Latin America? At this moment, I'm, I'm going to talk with uh, facts. Mexico is the country with the lower import taxes for fitness equipment. Right now, it's zero, the import tax. Wow. They have a sales tax that is high, which is 16%, right, versus 7% here. But uh, the duty, the import duty is zero. And Mexico is a big country. So, so it will depend on the country we're talking about. Right. Uh, in Ecuador, the import duty is 30%. In Colombia, it's 15%. In Mexico, it's zero. And here is about seven plus uh, a little bit higher than 10 with this special import tax for Chinese products. So the scalability in the US might be called, might come mostly from the size of the market, of course. But, uh, you know, in order to, uh, I always like to compare a market with a pie. If you want to eat a bigger pie, <laughs> you have to <laughs> invest more money on that, right? So that will depend mostly in the capital of, a, of, the, of, the, of the business, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm curious just on the technical side of things because I think it's fun. But on the other end, I'm also curious because... I, I also want to see you succeed. I, I've loved what you've done since the beginning. I support you and I support the brand that is, is like in fitness. And uh, I'm always curious as to how, how do we find the people to associate with or collaborate with that uh, facilitate scaling? And uh, I know that you're doing it and you're definitely starting to be very present, especially in, in Florida at this moment. Um, but then growing from there, what, what would it look like? And, and you never know, somebody listening is maybe thinking, well, okay, now I, now I understand how this market kind of works. Maybe I can assi assist in this way, uh, or another. Uh, so that's just a little bit of the sharing on that side. Um, now shifting gears, I'm curious, uh, what has surprised you the most in a positive way, uh, coming into the U S market, um, any experiences, any stories, any anything that comes to mind? I'm I'm in Florida, so my experience is mostly about what what have happened here. And Florida is not uh, the U.S. If you if you know what I mean. But uh, there are things that I like, like you know, when I go to a gym, for instance, and they say, "Oh yeah, I like it. I know this brand," and there is people getting familiar with it, right? Uh, Sometimes we get uh, contact from people of different states, like like uh, right now we have a collaboration with these guys from from California. Actually, I don't remember how they uh, found about us, but they did it, and they contacted us, and they were like, "Okay, would you like to cooperate with our event?" And I was like, "Hey, you're a little far away from us, and that's gonna be hard, tough for us at this point." And they were like, uh, okay, but uh, let's do something. And we were like, okay. And, and you know, and right now they're having an event that is going to be uh, actually, I think that this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. No, it was last weekend, sorry. 
and and they have a floor, right? And and an event that was the like an event with some of our uh, power uh, strongman sandbags and the uh, worms, right? That came from Mexico. We send directly from Mexico because we manufacture uh, these uh, things in Mexico to them in California, right? In in LA, so these things of people getting identified with our brand and people that like the brand very much. They say, hey, your brand sounds cool. I like it. Because, you know, sometimes you tend to think uh, because you see, you, I see the brand like a little baby of myself, right? So, you know, you think that your baby is the most beautiful baby in the world, right? <laughs> so sometimes I think that, yeah, I like and it's cool. It's a nice brand. It sounds very cool, blah, blah, blah. But maybe it's just my idea, right? So getting that from people, from other, uh, from from other people, especially people here in the U.S. from other areas, and even from Florida or whatever, but here in the U.S. in this huge, very com highly competitive market, uh, it's surprising. This has been a nice surprise uh, for us. Well, I hope uh, after people listen to this that they're they're curious to go visit your website, likeinfitness.com, and uh, see if they identify with the brand and uh, test out some of the the equipment themselves because I, I do think people will be pleasantly surprised. And it's good to have options. I think everybody wants options. And uh, not only options uh, because uh, maybe it, it suits their needs better, but also because they identify with the brand and going back to kind of the philosophy of like in uh, its uh, humility and getting the job done. Yes, and there is uh, one more thing uh, that, it, that I think is important. You know, when we started Lycan, and we have been doing this and we are still doing this, we started following the leaders, right? Like the main brands, like the ones that make a, that were the reference in the reference in the market, right? And we are still doing this in the past couple of years, and especially since we started the business, uh, we started our branch here. We have been trying to switch that, and we have now people that is in research and development, something that we didn't have before, because before we didn't have to research a lot. Just uh, okay, what is okay? The barbell, a barbell is a barbell. It's very hard to do something different in a barbell, right? But but now we have people in the organization that is bringing us ideas about uh, how to innovate. And I think that we are entering this phase of the business where we are, start, we are starting to innovate. And this innovation can come in different ways. Like, of course, uh, launching something that is pretty new that does that uh, nobody else uh, has is one way, but we also uh, can have some small uh, things, right, in products that already exist, existed and, and that probably existed for a long time, right? Uh, like having a new design for the barbells. That is something that we have been, we, we have started doing uh, and it's uh, very appealing, you know, for people. But uh, but that's the, that's only design, and all, uh, I mean that's only the dress, the product, uh, right? To say it somehow. But we are also right now in a phase where we're even working in innovation, right? 
so that uh, I think that in the next years we'll be launching little by little some new things that we don't even know if they're going to have a real appeal to the public. Uh, we'll work as hard as possible. And of course, we're going to make tests and we're going to uh, ask feedback and all that. But okay. uh, that's uh, a new phase that is very interesting in Lycan because, uh, as I mentioned, mentioned uh, before, until a couple of years ago, we have been only following the leaders. Right now, we're gonna we're in a different phase, and that's uh, something that may be interesting for people to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because the fitness industry, especially, can get very gimmicky. Uh, people make up things that um, are kind of silly and that fit nicely in an infomercial, but actually produce re zero results. But it, it comes down to producing something that people need to, let's say, improve their fitness. In in this case. Uh, and that placed in the right environment can explode. So, for example, in the in the CrossFit Games is a great. We, we're in CrossFit Games week this week. Uh, CrossFit Games are starting big big thing, and everybody is waiting for the new thing. What's the new thing that's going to show up that we haven't done before? That's going to test people's fitness. Uh, that is familiar yet new. And uh, you know, for the teams, it was the uh, the worm. Uh, back in the day, it was, uh, you know, wheelbarrow. People were uh, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's definitely an exciting area. And I think you, you've shared with me offline, and we're not going to share it here because I think you, you deserve to have this, this thing, which I think can be special for you. But, uh, yeah, creating equipment that is functional and that uh, helps people produce results, and that's cool, and that fits uh, a culture or an environment like the CrossFit Games is is key. <laughs> uh, just a, a, a fun fact: what's what's uh, the the best selling product that you have? The rowers. Okay, so rowers number one. Why why you why do you think the rowers? Mm, I guess that because our rower is very good, right, and the price is very competitive. If we compare with uh, brands like Concepto, for instance, I mean, I, 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 here I have to be direct, but that's the only brand that really competes, uh, you know, in Latin America against us. Um, the the thing is that uh, importing Concepto rowers to to Latin America anywhere is expensive, right? But because we are the source of the product. We have very competitive. We, we can have a very competitive price for a product that is, um, I won't say superior, but it's very good, very good, very good. Uh, I don't know. For for some people, it's even better, right? And Concept is a brand that I, I admire a lot. By the way, I I admire their simplicity. Uh, I that uh, they are they are great with that. But uh, I think that because of that, you're right, because you can uh, have a very good rower uh, with, with, warrant, with uh, good warranty and not paying as much as you pay for a concept tour in Latin America. Yeah. And in the U.S., what has been your top seller? 
marbles and plates. I mean, like the whole, like the whole thing. Why do you think people in the U.S. specifically have chosen your barbells over Rogue or Eleco or any other weightlifting brand? I will say that one of the main reasons is that if you compare with Eleco, the price, the price difference is very notorious, right? And if we compare with other brands like, well, you know, all, any of the brands that are here in the U.S., it's probably because we're locals in Florida, so I think that uh, the shipping is is better, definitely. Also, our price is very competitive, and I'm probably underestimating something, right? But I don't want to overestimate it too. <laughs> but I think that uh, we have some novelty barbells that uh, that have been successful here. Like we have, uh, you know, these these barbels with the special designs, like animal print, or some camo barbels that other brands they don't have, right? And we right now we're we're bringing a couple of new things in barbels that uh, you you I mean they they just arrived and uh, you know, we're gonna communicate about them uh, in the next days. Uh, that are a little uh, different than others, uh, than what others are doing. So I think that they, they are becoming a trap for yeah. people appealing. Yeah, because we, we I mean, most of what we sell is, uh, we, we sell in Florida, but we are also selling to other states. We're selling to Texas, we're selling to Georgia, we're selling to New Jersey, New York, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, different barbells are being sold in different places in, in the U.S. Uh, Rolo, uh, la last question. Um, what is something we should be paying attention to when it comes to like in fitness? What should we expect um, in the you know uh, rest of 2023 and maybe into 2024? Uh, Improvement and innovation. That's uh, if if I have to summarize in two words. Uh, yeah, we're going to improve a lot of things, and and you know mostly on the side of the packing and manuals, right? I have to say this, you know, our, when I saw like uh, six months ago, I brought something to my home gym and when I opened it and I saw the manual, I was like, wow, I feel, I feel shame. <laughs> I was shame. Yeah. I was like, oof, my manual is really bad. And, 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 and I understood that it was because, you know, in Latin America, you always have someone to do that thing for you, you know? Yeah. So... So yeah, that's uh, something that we're improving, as well as many other things. Like people here prefers the overbuilt, right? So we are doing uh, some things that are already good, but we're doing them better, right? And innovation, where we'll bring uh, a few things that we that are on the on the process on pro in progress right now, right now, and I think that they be they be. The lively air gonna be in the market by the end of this year or early twenty four. Well, yeah. So my my call to action is everybody go visit likeandfitness.com. In fact, as of as of now we're speaking, um, we actually have a. I I, I was probably gonna announce this in the beginning too, but I'll say it here. You can use freestyle fifteen um, as a code, so you can get uh, fifteen off of your uh, orders, um, so you can try something out. And that's a uh, courtesy of, of Rodo and, and team. Uh, so thank you for that. I'm oh, excited for Carl. people to. 
Yeah, of course, for people to try it out. And they should definitely go follow you on Instagram. That's like in fitness and any other where uh, any other place where people should um, go follow you and and learn more. Our website, likeandfitness.com, has a lot of information. I think that if you subscribe to our newsletter, we always uh, have uh, uh, good information, not only uh, promotions and sales, but also value information for, for the community, for the audience, right? And Instagram and LinkedIn. Yeah, we, also, we are also in LinkedIn if you want to know some corporate things about the company and even some general information and some valuable information about fitness, about uh, fitness equipment and all. Rolo, thank you for your time. Uh, double episode, Spanish and English. We did it, uh, completed, completed the task, and we did it uh, hum- humbly. Uh, thank you, Rolo. Uh, <laughs> well, and, thank and you, Carl. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish you uh, nothing but uh, success, and, and I really hope um, uh, people give you a shot and and get to experience the, the quality of product that you're putting out. Thank you very much, Carl. I really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, my pleasure. This is the Freestyle Way.